1: After the Apocalypse, A Pandemic Survival Story, Season 2, Episode 3, The Hungry River. Janet glared through the sleet, up the hill, searching for the humbees that she expected to appear over the crest at any moment. "'Persistent deadbeats,' she swore under her breath as the chainsaw chattered in her hands. She knew if she could slow them down, even for a minute, it might give the bus enough time to escape. These Humvees were built like tanks, much more so than a Range Rover had been. Even with their Army-grade equipment, they had to traverse the same bad roads as the bus.' "'They wouldn't be moving that much faster "'in this rat's nest of fallen trees and abandoned vehicles. "'She had a couple of minutes at least. "'She had jumped out of the bus at a narrow part of the street. "'Here the old wooden telephone poles were already leaning in precariously. "'Wires stretched from one pole to sister poles on the other side of the street. "'That weight and tension was already pulling the poles in towards the middle of the road.' She could use this to her advantage. There were buildings on both sides of the street. If she could get a pole down, she thought she might just be able to block the street. Another tactical delaying action in her long day of tactical delaying actions. One of the old poles was already cracked and damaged. The storm had beaten it up. It wouldn't take much more to topple it completely. This battered old municipal telephone pole "'was probably put here a hundred years ago "'to carry Edison's telegraph messages "'when this place was a fresh, new, boom town by the river. "'Now the pole was just an artifact "'that might help her delay the advance of evil "'in this dead city of the apocalypse. "'She held the saw-trigger down full, "'reached up, and cut into the splintered pole. "'The creosote-soaked old wood resisted, "'but K.J. leaned in hard.' Her back and shoulder muscles flexed. She forced the saw to bite. An angry shower of sawdust was thrown back at her in response. Through the dust, she saw the Humvees emerge at the crest of the hill. Come on! She pleaded to the saw and leaned in harder. She began to wonder if she'd make it, but with the weight of the wires pulling down, the pole started to give way. She yanked the saw out and watched the old pole crack and slowly crash into the street. She had guessed right. The pole was still connected to its stump by a splintered shank of tough old wood, and it did a reasonable job of blocking the way. She sprinted across the road and got to work on the next pole. The humvees were almost on top of her. They were weaving through the mess in the road. She was out of time, but she'd see what she could do with the few seconds she had. Crap! She swore and attacked a sister pole with the saw. The saw was slow to bite. The blade had dulled. The humvees were quickly gaining ground, even as they threaded through the morass of abandoned vehicles and storm damage. She knew she was pushing her luck, but she had to at least try. Through the noise of the chainsaw in the storm, with the desperate, adrenaline-fueled effort of her work, she never heard the bullets ricocheting off the bricks behind her. But she did hear the loud report of the semi-automatic. She ducked and saw the Humvees right on top of her. A man stood in the truck with a gun. The gun barrel flashes told her that it was time to go. Janet dropped the saw and scrambled around the corner of a building to make her escape. She hoped her effort would give the others the time they needed. She had done all that she could do. For now, they were on their own. Brad squared the shuttle bus with the center of the bridge. There didn't look to be a spot that was better than any other. Water rushed across the bridge deck about a foot deep on his end, and the deck of the bridge didn't rise clear of the water until past the middle towards the other side. There were large cracks in the road surface as the river tried to push the bridge off its abutment in the near shore. You sure about this? Brad looked up at the old man who was clinging to one of the chrome poles with Bill at his feet. The old man moved up to grip the back of Brad's seat. It looked bad, but they were trapped anyhow, and he didn't see that they had any other choice. The old man squinted back out the window through the rain. He didn't see anything. The Humvees weren't there yet. That goddamn woman must have done something to slow them down, he thought. The old man realized Brad was still waiting for an answer. Was he sure about this? Hell no, but it wasn't getting any better, and they were out of options and running out of time. The old man replied, Bunch it, Brad! Get a run on it! Get us through! Jesus! Brad muttered, then shouted over his shoulder, Everybody grab hold of something! It's gonna get bumpy. He stepped on the gas. The shuttle bus surged forward and bounced violently across the rutted pavement. Brad gripped the wheel. The old man hung on tight. One of the women screamed. Bill's nails scraped across the floor as he tried to keep his footing. The old man thought they might just make it. They were in the water now and could hear the roar of the river pushing against the side of the shuttle bus. The river fought back. It lifted and pushed the bus into the downstream railing. The back wheels spun free. They searched for traction, but found none. There was loud scraping from the side of the bus as it was dragged by the force of the water along the rail. The back wheels lost purchase entirely. The shuttle bus was lifted and shoved by the torrent. "'Oh, God!' Brad yelled in fear. "'It's got us!' Just then, one of the spinning back tires found the elevated curb along the railing and gained enough traction to push them along. It was enough. The bus tilted and haltingly inched along through the rushing water towards the center of the bridge. If they could just hang on, they could make it to the shallower water ahead and up into the dry span on the other side. It was slow going, but they made progress and were close to halfway across. Then the back window exploded, and bullets rattled off the chrome pipes. "'Get down!' the old man screamed and threw himself flat on the bus floor. He didn't bother looking back. He knew it was the king's men. Janet had slowed them down enough for Brad to get the bus to the middle of the bridge. But they were back. Would they try to follow? Would they ford the bridge, too? With those tanks, they'll be able to make it easy.' The old man thought, drive like your life depends on it, Brad, he commanded, because it did all of their lives and the odds weren't in their favor. Two heavily armed military grade vehicles on their tail and him with a bus full of kids. This just keeps getting better, he thought. Where was Janet? He could sure use her now. This was her idea. But where was Wonder Woman when he needed her? The water was shallower now, and Brad was able to accelerate. It looked like they might make it. Then the whole world lurched sideways, or at least that's how it felt. The front of the bus dropped hard and jammed into a big crack that opened in the bridge deck. It was a good thing they were already lying flat, or the jolting stop would have sent them all flying. Brad had been launched out of the driver's seat and cracked his head on the windshield. There was a trickle of blood running down his forehead between his eyes. He wiped at it and looked at his hand. He looked back at the others, dazed. Kids were screaming and there was a second lurch sideways as the entire bridge deck was now twisting out into the river. What the hell is happening? The old man yelled as he tried to scramble back to his feet. He squinted through the back window and saw that the river had finally managed to push the bridge deck off its far abutment. It was swinging like a hinge downstream. One of the Humvees was still on the other shore, but the other one was gone. Just gone. The river had claimed it. The old man grabbed Brad's shoulder and shook him. We have to get out of here. Brad looked confused and in shock. He shook his head and replied, We're not going anywhere in the bus. We're stuck. The bridge lurched again, and the bus slid a bit more. The rear of the bus, pushed by the river, jammed into the steel-side girders, halting its movement. The front wheels were stuck into a big crack at an angle. It was obvious that if they didn't get out now, they would die here. The old man shouted, ''We're gonna have to hoof it! We can't stay here!'' And then, to the back of the bus, he yelled, ''Mags, gather up the kids!'' We have to get out of here and make it fast. Mags got up and went into action, shouting instructions like a sergeant in a firefight. I'll take Hannah. She turned to the short, dark-haired woman, pointing to the three youngest. Bella, you take Ben, Brandon, and Sarah. Grab those sheets and use them like ropes to hold onto and stay together. She looked at the other, younger woman and the last boy who was a few years older, maybe twelve. Liv, you and Tim bring up the rear, stay close and hold on to each other. And then, to the old man, with grim determination in her voice, Let's go. Geez, she's good, the old man thought. He'd have to ask her more about that, if they survived. She moved and spoke with authority. That was a rare thing in the apocalypse. Everyone was so shell-shocked and unhinged that they were barely human anymore. "'but this woman gave off an impressive strength in the crisis. "'He made a mental note to learn more about her "'if they ever got off this goddamn bridge.' "'Brad braced himself against a side girder, "'one foot on the bottom step, one jammed against the bridge. "'The bus was canted out at a slight angle. "'There was enough space to get out through the door. "'Water rushed and gurgled up like a geyser from under the bus "'as the river battled to get through. "'The old man stood.' Braced on the other side of the door and helped the women and kids move slowly against the current, clawing for purchase on the cold, rusty girders. He sent Brad ahead to shepherd the first group while he followed Livin' and Timmy as best as he could, gripping Bill's collar. Per Mag's suggestion, the kids had lashed themselves to the adults in a fashion with twisted sheets and blankets, Everyone held for dear life, scrambling and pushing their way towards the opposite shore, like some bizarre apocalyptic caravan of mangy bridge monkeys. The bedraggled pods picked their way slowly along. The old man looked back but couldn't see around the bus to gauge what the king's men were doing. One thing was for sure. They weren't getting out onto the bridge. That side of the bridge was gone. That was one threat, at least, they didn't have to worry about. As they made their way along, the going got easier and the water shallower. They were making progress. The safety of the far shore was almost in reach. The old man was beginning to think they were going to make it again. This time they would make it for shore, as long as the bridge held together. Finally, things were going in their favor. The water was shallow enough to let Bill go on his own, and he surged ahead, bounding through the frothy water alongside the others. "'Mag's and the younger kids had made it out of the worst of it "'and were steadily trudging through ankle-deep water "'with Brad in support. "'Liv and Timmy were just ahead of the old man, "'making their own steady progress. "'The old man, bringing up the rear, "'saw Timmy trip over something in the water and stumble. "'Timmy quickly righted himself, but it gave the old man a scare, "'so he moved up closer to them, yelling at Liv to be careful. "'Liv turned to look back at him.' She smiled an angelic smile that shone like hope in the chaos of this day. Time slowed down in that horrible moment. A scarlet hole blossomed in the smiling woman's forehead. Her eyes went blank, as if the lights had been turned off with a switch, and she fell backwards, slumping against a girder. The water caught her, pivoting her limp form, and pulled her over the edge. The old man tried to move, to catch her, but it was all happening too fast, and he moved helplessly forward through the sloshing water. More bullets cracked off the old girders around him. Timmy was frozen in shock. Timmy watched mesmerized, as a woman's body cascaded over the side of the bridge. He didn't think about the blanket that was still wound tightly around his arm. It went taut with the weight of the corpse, and he was yanked sideways. The old man and Bill both lunged forward. Timmy scrambled awkwardly on the slick girder, clawing with his fingers, but gravity would not release its grip, and the boy was sucked over into the foaming flow. Bill barked and lunged after them. "'Bill!' the old man shouted. "'Hold!' Time accelerated, and the world again was moving at its normal frantic pace. The big dog turned his head to look at the old man. Their eyes met for a moment. The old man screamed frantically, No! But the dog was gone. The old man saw the boy's head shooting down the river, his arms flailing for purchase, with the big shaggy head of the dog a few yards back. The last thing the old man saw before they disappeared out of sight was that silly curled tail of bills sticking up out of the water as they were pulled down river. Goddamn dog, he swore. He choked back a furious urge to jump in after them. Then he leaned his head back and let out a howl an impotent demented keening that matched the fury of the storm-swollen river the cry of a wounded beast his scream trailed off and left him empty empty nothing left but bones bones for the apocalypse god damn dog he sobbed and reached for the next girder the others were looking back at him worried Move it and stay low, he shouted. Selling a
0: little? In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
2: Hello and welcome back, Survivors. Here we are, Episode 3 of Season 2. Feels like we're hitting our stride. And this was a fun episode to construct. I loved this visual of the river devouring the bridge. Just a great picture in my mind's eye, so I hope I hope we did that justice. And the other thing that we were doing here, not to give you too much of the sausage making, but we were baking in this roller coaster ride. So the episode is a series of tension builds and releases where we're just starting to let you off the hook and then we Bam! Slap you in the face again with a new shockwave. So I'd be interested in your feedback on how all that worked out for you. We're moving right along in Season 2, keeping up our production schedule, which is great because I've been super busy in my, in my real job. So uh, Last weekend was Wasteland Weekend, so we'll have to ask Mike Darling how it all turned out. I listened to his podcast and it seems like they had a good year. The numbers were down, but they all had fun. Their 10th year, with the uh, actual apocalypse still going on in the U.S., sounded like they had a full schedule out there in the desert. And as a reminder, that is this uh, desert festival every year with the apocalypse theme, which sounds scary and dangerous, but it's probably just a lot of fun. So imagine you're out for a hike in the desert and you come across a gang of folks and they're all dressed like Mad Max characters, would you be scared? You probably would be, but you probably shouldn't be. In my experience, the folks that do this type of, I don't know what you want to call it, character playing, aren't the dangerous types, they're more the arty types. And I will tell you a story that illustrates that. A few years back, I drove into Boston to pick up my daughter, who was attending Anime Boston, which is one of the big regional conventions where they all dress up like anime characters and things like that so i pull into the marriott in boston and the place is full of kids in bizarre costumes monsters aliens big carrying big swords that sort of stuff right you get it get the picture so i asked the bellman the guy who was standing there if uh, hey is this a hard week for the hotel with all these crazy costume kids hanging around And he said, nah, they're just nice kids. They're no trouble at all. Last week, we had the police convention, and they tore the place up. So that that was a lesson for me, right? A lesson for all of us. You can't judge a book by its cover, so to speak. And speaking of books and covers, I'm still (laughs) enmeshed in, stalled out on the season one manuscript. I've been super busy, but I'll keep working on it. As long as I'm still creating content and the offering just keeps getting stronger, just keeps getting better. And I sampled a couple of new apocalypse-type media pieces last week, or the last couple of weeks, and I'll share those with you because I know you can't, you know, 15 minutes of my podcast doesn't do it for you. So I'll give you some more things to watch and listen to. So I watched Alita Battle Angel. Battle Angel which is a 2019, they call it a cyberpunk action film, based on a Japanese manga artist Yukito Kishiro's 1990s series Battle Angel Alita. So it's loosely a cyberpunk-themed future Earth after some apocalyptic ill-defined war with Mars, but, but this really only has a little bit of cyberpunk in it. It's more of an anime film. And I've always loved the cyberpunk genre of science fiction. Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash was a revelation in 1992, and it brought sort of brought cool to tech. Um, I wasn't much of a comic book or an anime kid. But anyhow, what keeps this film from being the same as every other anime martial arts film is its investment level and its pedigree, because it was produced by James Cameron. Yeah, James Cameron, while he was making Avatar. And you can see the Avatar influence in this movie, especially that mildly creepy performance capture animation, where the characters kind of look human, but really aren't. And it was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yes, that Robert Rodriguez of El Mariachi fame. Another series of movies that are very, very good. And by the way, you should read his book, Rebel Without a Crew, if you have not. It's a fantastic glimpse into the making of a director. And I bet our friend Makeshift sleeps with a copy under his pillow. Alita, this movie that I'm talking about is a decent story and it's a watchable movie. It's a surprisingly watchable movie. It's got some good acting. It tries hard and it's high quality production. So it's worth a watch if you're decompressing after a long day in the salt mines, Alita Battle Angel. I also watched the original Ip Man, IP, Ip Man movie. Yeah, which I had never seen. And this is a Chinese martial arts movie dubbed in English with the subtitles. But, hey, it's a Chinese martial arts movie. So do you really need subtitles? Do you really need dialogue? Right? It's just one big martial art movie trope, too. But somehow it works. And I think it's because the main character, played by uh, Donnie Yen, is really likable. It's just a likable character, this main character. So again, it's worth a watch if you've got time in your hands, and it's currently on Netflix, the original one. There are four of them. This is the original one. And the protagonist, Ip Man, is based very loosely on the story of the Kung Fu master who trained Bruce Lee. And if you don't know who Bruce Lee is, then there's no hope for you. Uh, I'm still working my way through the Heinlein Stranger in a Strange Land. I'll have more thoughts on that when I get to the end. It gets a little slow in the middle. But I have another great tidbit for you. Our friend Dave, one of the editors here at Apocalypse HQ, he tipped me off to an Apocalypse podcast story, and it's on the podcast Starship Sofa, all one word. And the story he tipped me to is episode 603, and it's a story by Elad Haber, titled Number One Hit, read by Jonathan Dans. And I listened to it on my last uh, long bike ride last weekend. It was outstanding. So, my Survivor friends, I hope you're enjoying Season 2. We're up over 25,000 downloads. As always, you can leap over and join us at the Facebook group by searching for After the Apocalypse on Facebook or Old Man Apocalypse. And I've been informed by one of you that you can just search on After the Apocalypse uh, in Facebook and that'll that'll probably get you there but the url is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash old man apocalypse all one word so and you can find these notes on a cast with all the links embedded and you can help keep the show going on patreon and do me a favor keep surviving